You're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan, joined today by Chris Parliament, actually on the same couch, which is rare. He's not in Woodstock, in the big city. And over Skype, we've got Brandon Pillar as well. Lots to get into. The Senators' three-game win streak came to an end last night with a 1-0 shutout defeat to Jonas Corposalo and the Columbus Blue Jackets. We'll preview the Belleville Senators' week ahead. They've got three games, including a early crucial matchup against the Laval Rocket. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. Today is November 26th, and I was bored watching the Ottawa Senators last night. It wasn't a very high event game, as you referred to on Twitter, Ross. It was kind of a game where there were some chances left on the board, and it was just a game where the Sens didn't take advantage offensively. Brandon, they did outshoot their opponents for the second time in a row. How much of a building block can that be? Well, that's just great because the Senators uh, over the years, especially this year and last year, have been notorious for getting uh, terribly outshot in games. Craig Anderson has made a career of 35-plus save games uh, with his time with the Ottawa Senators. So it's nice to see them finally flip the script and start outshooting other teams. Mind you, they only outshot uh, Columbus 25-19 to in this one, so neither team really had many pucks on net. Sounds like it was a major clogging the neutral zone kind of game, eh, boys? Yeah, it definitely had that effect, but Craig Anderson, it was good to see him have uh, strung together at this point a few back-to-back-to-back um, quality performances. Yeah, and that's just a trend that's been continuing all through this season, and you look back to the the 11th of November where they played Carolina. That was kind of an anomaly game where they lost 8-1. But that was when Honors Nielsen was coming off earning first star honors of the week. But since then, the Sens have only allowed four goals one time. And to go even deeper, they've allowed they've had three games where they've only allowed one goal and a shutout in there. So this is games back to back to back. They've strung up quite a few together. Ross, you mentioned Anderson, but this boat this goalie tandem's both getting it done. Yeah, they certainly are. I think Anders Nielsen's done enough here to get the majority of the starts. Although, I mean, Craig Anderson here started the season two and six. He's won two out of his last four games, wins over the Devils and Habs, 35 saves against the Habs, probably his best performance of the season. And yeah, let in the one goal, but still only 18 saves. No chance on the goal, mind you, the yeah. high tip in the slot. Um, nothing you can really do about that. And it was kind of funny listening to the pregame show on TSN 1200. Gord Wilson doing their their little pregame hit. He goes, Corpus Allo couldn't stop anything in the morning skate. I've never seen a goalie so bad. So, of course, I go into Bodog, bet the over in the game, bet that the Sens are going to win by two. And then what does he do? Goes out there and pitches a shutout. Yeah, that just goes to show you can't base a goalie's uh, entire performance off the knuckleheads that are trying to go bar down on him in warm-ups and not really giving him many good shots uh, like I'm sure those Blue Jackets were doing to the start of that game. Well, but- a lot of them were probably gripping the stick tight. They showed on the TSN broadcast on on uh, the TV how many guys are in slumps. I couldn't even believe it. Like Cam Atkinson has only scored four goals. Josh Anderson only has one. Uh, Felino, I think, is leading the way with five in terms of the guys they brought up. Uh, I know he was suspended for a little bit, but guys are gripping the stick tight in Columbus. Yeah, and that's that's a team that uh, Chris and I talked about it on yesterday's pod that just they depleted themselves so much in that push to win that playoff series last year. That Now this year, they're kind of just picking up the pieces and seeing what they can do uh, with the squad that's left over. And somehow they managed to squeak a one nothing win over the Sens. But 
It's not like the Sens didn't have chances in this one, eh? Especially at the end of the game, that Duclair, when he was quiet, I'd say for the most part, considering what bar he set over the past couple of weeks, it was a, a nothing play that turned into an A-plus scoring chance right out front, but probably Corpus Allo's best save of the night, and it came within the final seconds. Bit of a bouncing puck, though, too. Uh, it was kind of, He had didn't really have enough time. He kind of knocked it down and shot it right away, and it was a little bit uh, like rolling around on him. So, I mean, it was a great A scoring chance, but it was kind of a bang-bang play. So if that's the best chance that you can uh, establish, though, over 60 minutes, that's that's a rough look. Yeah, well, I didn't get a chance to watch this game, but the NHL condensed games, uh, if you're not a fan of those, uh, definitely get on, especially the nine-minute ones. You get a real uh, look at what what's going on in that game, and it seemed like the Sens had actually quite a few chances where they really should have buried it. I mean, there was a four-on-one chance where Shabbat kind of ran out of real estate, so he went for a wrister, but Corpusalo gloved that one down. And then Connor Brown had a breakaway opportunity uh, he tries to go five hole in Corpus Allo, but just gets shut down. And that's a guy, Connor Brown, I'd really like to see pick things back up. I know, Ross, you had high hopes for him scoring uh, over 20 goals this season, but he's pointless in his last six games, and he hasn't scored a goal since November 2nd against the Bruins. So that's a guy, and he's on a line that's been clicking. That Paul Pajot and Connor Brown line has been arguably one of the best lines other than the uh, brown kachuk Declare line. So there's no reason why he can't be getting on the score sheet, and he's had the chances. He just couldn't bury that one last night. I don't think it'd be a surprise to anyone who's watched many Sens games this year, but to somebody maybe in, in Toronto where we are right now, if you told him that Connor Brown would be leading all forwards in ice time, I think that would surprise a lot of people. He's averaging over 20 minutes, 23 point, or 20 minutes and 33 seconds uh, to be exact. So that's, uh, that's good for third on the team behind Shabbat and Zaitsev. And those are minutes all across the board. He's seen time on the power play. He's seen time shorthanded, which we all knew DJ Smith would be comfortable using guys like him and Zaitsev and Hainsey on the penalty kill. But he's been doing his job. Like you said, Ross, the guy doesn't get that many minutes a night if he's not contributing. Last night, it was only one shot on goal. But against the Rangers, Pills, you're talking about him being in a bit of a slump. He had five shots on net two again in Montreal, and then five again when they played Detroit. So he's getting pucks towards the net, and he's getting his fair share of shifts. So I think it's just uh, maybe a little bit of a slump, and then the doors can bust wide open because the chances are still there. He's averaging two and a half minutes more than the next Ottawa forward per game, which is Jean-Gabriel Pajot. A couple other defensemen between the two of them, and I want to talk about both of them because Dylan DeMello and Ron Hainsey sort of alternated on the second power play unit, and honestly... I haven't been sold so far on on Brandstrom being an everyday NHL defenseman until I saw the way that they were kind of, I don't want to say anchoring, but they're not power play guys. They have a tough time zipping it around in the offensive zone, and uh, that's where you could really tell that Brandstrom was missed last night on the power play. I couldn't agree more, and it's when you're looking at those plays where they hold on to it for the second too long, or the decision isn't quite there, or they're not creative enough. They try and just make the simple, safe play. On the power play, you need a guy that's able to do it. And Logan Brown off the sidewall we've talked about, and Thomas Shabbat's going to get the majority of the time with the puck on their stick. But guys like Dylan DeMello and Ron Hainsey, when you're running at 10%, you got to be do- doing something different. Right now, Eric Brandstrom's still kind of dealing with that injury. So once he's back fully healthy, it'll be interesting to see how that second unit looks. 
Yeah, and I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping once Brandstrom comes back, same with you, Ross. I'm not fully convinced that Brandstrom's a full NHLer. I think we're still waiting on the line and injury to shake things uh, yep. back in place. But I don't really like uh, seeing Ron Hainsey on that power play unit. I mean, you've got a guy who's got a wealth of experience, uh, over a thousand games played, but used to be an offensive defenseman. <laughs> yeah, you he believe was. It. Used to be that was probably uh, a decade ago or something. Yeah, but, with Carolina and Atlanta, I want to say way back in the day. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, he's got the experience. You know, he's got the hockey IQ, but he's got a lot of miles on those wheels. And that's a guy who I thought when they brought him in was going to help uh, shelter some of the younger defensemen and really do more of his work uh, on the penalty kill, which he uh, seems to get a lot of ice time on the PK too. So. I'd rather see Hainsey focus on a more shutdown defensive style role than uh, anchoring a power play unit, even if it is that second unit. We're coming up to a pretty important time in the NHL schedule, at least when you can start looking at the standings and see somewhat of an idea of what's going to happen down the stretch and into the playoffs. I think it's over 75% of teams that are in the playoffs at American Thanksgiving, which is um, this upcoming weekend, the end of November, um, is where you really, yeah, it starts to to take shape. So the Ottawa Senators currently are in quite the log jam here with Tampa Bay as the first team out of the playoff picture right now with 26 points tied with the Leafs also in that position. And then one, two, three, four, five, six teams are below that. I would say Detroit's already out of it, almost already uh, 12 <laughs> points out of a playoff spot. Um, but then everyone else is single digits. So the Senators sit at 23 points right now. I'd say this upcoming week here with three games um, are fairly important uh, going forward, especially with uh, the divisional matchup against the Bruins coming up next on Wednesday. And then it's a little early to declare this, but this could be a road trip that make or breaks the season. It's going to be a five-gamer going through Western Canada, stops in Minnesota and Philadelphia to bookmark that. What would the Sens have to go in these games for you, Pilsy, to really start putting the, uh, the playoff slogan into motion? Well, yeah, like you said, they're uh, they're coming up on a big road trip. And if I'm not mistaken, that's probably the biggest road trip they've got all season. And you're looking at some real tough opponents. Uh, you rhymed a couple off. You've got uh, the Wild, which I would say is a winnable game. You've got a game against Calgary, which they've been slumping lately. And uh, as most people know by now, there's some hot seat uh, rumors going on with Bill Peters. And then you head over, you keep moving west into Vancouver and Edmonton. Vancouver's been uh, playing a really good style of hockey. And then Edmonton, geez, if you can pray to try to stop McDavid and Dreisaitl, maybe you can get one point out of that if you're lucky. So really, I would say they have to go, they got to win three of these games uh, to really keep the ball rolling here and keep that uh, drive for talking about playoffs, which is crazy. At the start of the year, we were hoping they lose every game so we can get that draft pick, but they're right in the mix of things like you just said in your uh, little standings preview there. So if they can get three out of these five wins on this road trip, I'd say they're moving along uh, quite nicely. Yeah, if you come home with a winning record, you got to look at that as a positive and something where your six points, you can, if other teams struggle in this week, those six points on the road seem that much bigger because other guys are falling off. And like Ross mentioned, it's a log jam there. So six points could swing quite a bit right now in what's going on in the Atlantic and as far as into the wildcard division. So it'll be interesting to see how they do. But Pilsy, you said that it was a winnable game against the Wild. The Senators lost 2 nothing to them earlier this season. I was at that game. It was so boring. 
probably the worst game of the year. It's one nothing until late. There's an empty netter that finishes zero zero until the midway point of the third. Um, that was in that stretch at the start of the season where they started one eight and one. That was actually pushed them to one and four on the season. So it was game number five. Um, but yeah, and by the time you're listening to this, Bill Peters is probably fired. I know Pilsy mentioned the name uh, as uh, Ottawa visits Calgary next week. That's a situation you have to take advantage of, and if you're the Ottawa Senators and go in their guns blaze and put them on their heels because they're they were a sensitive team or a fragile i should say team uh over the past couple weeks not winning many games vancouver's really struggled as well um to to get some wins together um whereas edmonton just keeps trucking along so um yeah lots lots to look forward to on this uh on this road trip but it starts and ends with the two home games on either side the biggest test i think which is against the big bad boston bruins yeah, and those divisional games too, where the Bruins just don't seem to take their foot off the gas pedal. They're such a good skating team. It's going to be a tough test. It'll be a big one, to kind of show what the Sens got heading into a back-to-back that starts that long road trip, which is interesting to note as well with a 4 p.m. start thrown in there. So things are going to get a little bit different. But if you beat the Bruins, the team that's six points up in the division over Florida right now, to head onto the road, I think that's a whole lot of confidence heading into Minnesota, which I will agree is a winnable game. Just wanted to point out they had played and lost earlier this year. But then you go into Calgary and Ross, you mentioned that you want to take advantage of a situation that might not be great on or off the ice right now in Calgary. You know for a fact that Kachuk's going to be buzzing in that one on both sides. But I think Brady Kachuk, if he can get that top line motor in against Calgary, that's definitely a winnable game the way they're playing hockey right now. Going back to the Bruins, uh, which is the game coming up, that's that's at home. So that's not a part of the road trip like we talked about. I don't know if you guys uh, look too much at the Bruins stats, but before each game, I like to kind of head on to NHL.com, look at team stats and see who's at the bottom of the league, who's at the top of the league. Every stat, it seemed that I sorted out, the Bruins were at the top of uh, each one of those. I mean, you got a team that's third in goals for, and they've allowed the second fewest goals in the league. Their power play is third in the league, clicking at a 31% success rate. That's triple what the Sens are uh, uh, clipping at. So that's definitely scary. The special teams are uh, frightening for the Sens in that scenario. And then you got to consider, too, the Bruins, they're playing the Habs uh, tonight. We're uh, recording on Tuesday. So they're going to be coming into a back-to-back, very likely the Sens will see Halak in net. They're used to seeing backups, but Halak, I would say, is no slouch as a backup. He's one of the best in the league, really. In eight games played, he has a 4-1-3 record, a 2.57 goals against, and a .924 save percentage. So if the Sens, honestly, I don't expect them to beat the Bruins, but they are at home where they've been hot. But if they can just uh, prove that they're not a joke and that they can actually uh, keep up with teams like the big bad Bruins, then I think that brings a lot of confidence heading into this road trip. You're right. And seeing another backup could be huge for the Senators, especially uh, it looks like Tuka Rask actually will start in Ottawa. I think that's as simple as wanting to give Halak the game against his former team there up in Montreal. Yeah, that definitely could be it. Um, yeah, a little bit of a revenge contest there. Who knows? Could be. Uh... They're both unreal. It doesn't matter. Pick <laughs> your poison. Yeah, that's that's the thing. And uh, the Sens are going to have to deal with whoever they throw in the crease for that one. Then uh, we mentioned the game against Minnesota is a 4 p.m. start with the uh, with the American Thanksgiving. So set your clocks for that. It's going to be a little bit different. 
Uh, in Belleville, they play against Montreal's farm team, the Laval Rocket. And after a successful weekend, they put themselves into a position where beating Laval would get them back into the playoff picture. Uh, in the AHL, it's a bit different. It's just the four teams at the top of each division that make the postseason. So uh, you're only competing against those eight teams, really. Um, so every game, I think they play at Laval, like, what, eight times a season, maybe even more. Uh, everyone's pretty important here, and uh, this one will be no different. Their only home game of the week, they're they're back on the road this weekend as well. Yeah, and the Sens have had some, some success against Val this season, winning both the games that they've played against the Rocket. And this is a team where, you said it, Ross, the division matchups are so important in the AHL, and there's no reason why the Sens can't uh, keep this winning streak going against Laval Rocket. I mean, really, the only thing I would say stopping them is uh, their goalie prospect, Caden Primo. He's uh, having an incredible year this year. Other than that, the Laval Rocket team, I would say is pretty underwhelming. I mean, really, this is not a team that uh, you're scared of coming into CAA arena. So the Belleville Senators, I'm looking for them to keep things going and uh, get on a winning streak of their own. The Sens were on a three-game winning streak, but Belleville's on a two-game winning streak right now, and they can extend that to three with a nice home win on Wednesday versus the Rocket. I know you guys already spoke about it, but I was kind of laughing at the expense of Philip Gustafson uh, going into the weekend with our shows last week. It was nice to see him get back on track with that 37 save performance. I'm sure it'll be Hogberg back in goal on Wednesday against Montreal-Laval, um, the Rocket. So other than that here, I guess a couple notes around the league before we uh, take off. Detroit Red Wings, who I think are going to out-tank everyone, the way their goalies have been playing especially, but they're going to have it even harder over the next couple weeks as uh, Anthony Mantha will be out with a lower body injury. So that's just kind of adding insult to injury. Uh, for the Red Wings. Uh, other than that, you boys got anything? Yeah, Ross, just to hop in there, we're definitely getting more followers on uh, Megaphone. We're seeing our numbers go up. We do want to apologize about the whole iTunes situation. If you usually get your iTunes, your sorry podcast off of iTunes, we are working on that. But we are heading into a little bit of a break here. Um, so after our show today, we won't be on air until the end of the weekend because it is the American Thanksgiving long weekend. So we just want to say that by the time we're back, hopefully we have iTunes. So uh, once we get iTunes going, we know all our listeners are back. That's when we're definitely going to start delving into some more interviews and some more extra content for you guys. Uh, We appreciate you running up the numbers on Megaphone there. We're definitely following along and I hope that everybody's able to follow along. If you're not already, Head over to Twitter, at Send Central. That's where all your locked on stuff will be. And Ross, you have an announcement? Yeah, I do. We do have an Instagram account, at Sends underscore Central. It's been sparingly used. Kind of some cool dates, some cool photos in there, though. Uh, if you want to go check it out about uh, Sends history. But Chris Parliament is now going to take that over. We've got uh, the youngest member of the crew, Mr. Millennial himself. And uh, he's going to be rocking the social media content. I'll keep rolling on the, the Twitter, but... We'll have some fun with that, get you guys engaged. And, yeah, I've been uh, doing some producing at, at 1050 now long enough that the Rolodex is starting to build. We've got a few ex-senators in there uh, that I think I'll be able to reach out to. And uh, hopefully we'll get some fun little interviews for you guys on here, too. And definitely returning guests, too. Friends of the show are always welcome back. I wonder what we, Schubert's up to. Exactly. Well, we know he's retired now. Broke that for you, North American listeners over here. So, yeah, hopefully we can get a couple guys like that back. You know, Drake Batherson's Joey Decords now that he's in Brampton, no longer in the sunny, sunny south. So, 
Yeah, definitely getting some more content on for you guys. But thanks for you that listened through all of the uh, technical issues we've been having. We appreciate it. So three games apiece for the Ottawa and Belleville Senators this week. One at home, two on the road in both situations. We'll be back to break all that down next week. You're listening to the Locked On Podcast, your team every day for Chris Parliament, Brandon Piller. This is the number one local dailies podcast network, Locked On Senators.